Yo, 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 what's going on? <laughs> hey, pop stars, we're back. <laughs> oh, hey, my. everybody, it's me, Trent Rashad. And it's me, Marcus Drew Steele. And you are listening to Cold Pop. Oh, my gosh. Cold Pop 2.0, new and improved. Hello. <laughs> well, are we Look in the 21st us. We're on century? TV. <laughs> We're on TV. Hello, TV land. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, my uh, West Coast friend? <sighs> it has been such a whirlwind. Let me tell you. Okay, I am talk to me about it. Let's let's like uh, <laughs> first off, energy, the time like difference. your energy that you're bringing to this. What, like this, I'm about to tell you. Like I'm tired. <laughs> I'm I'm tired. Right, what ooh. time is it there? Okay. Don't start what time and it is and all of that <laughs> stuff. You live here. You know we on Central Time. You know, do the math. I don't no, don't start giving me, you okay. know, girl who studied abroad for uh yeah. half a semester. That's that's exactly what you're getting right now. What time is it there? I'm just so tired. What time is it? Like, please, like, don't even let's not even go down that road. How have you been? I'm good. I'm good. You know, it was nice to have a little break. I'll be very honest with you. I took some time to um, connect. I I hosted family. I hosted friends here. You know, we've been been hosting everybody. We've been running a bed and breakfast here. um, And that's been fun. Uh, And just catching up like on all the good TV and movies and all of those things. So I, uh, I watched recently. Punk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. I still need um, to see it. I still need to watch. So good. Love yeah. that. Regina Hall, Sterling K. Brown um, killed. I definitely, I feel like we might need to do a special episode of Spotlight uh, talking about that film because I think you'll enjoy it. I loved it. It is comedic, but it has some very serious drama filled like dark moments as well. Um, yeah. So I got to see that. I also watched Elvis, the Baz Luhrmann biopic. Um, interesting, interesting film. What else did I watch? Oh, FX uh, Under the Banner of Heaven. I did watch that oh, as well. Oh, you told me about that. Yeah. Really, really good. I, I mean, I pretty much binged that in, in an entire weekend, um, but found that to be like really captivating and understand why it's getting the Emmy attention that it is. Uh, but it's been good. I have had some time to, you know, keep up with my television as well as some side projects. This is one of my side projects I'm I'm excited to come back to. And so I'm starting to kind of, you know, fill my time with hobbies um, and things that I'm excited to be working on and some projects that I'm excited to see where they go. So doing that and um, staying in tune with my housewives, of course. Beverly Hills and Atlanta. Beverly Hills, Atlanta. The uh, trailer for Potomac recently um, premiered. The trailer for Salt Lake City also recently premiered. And so, I need to watch Potomac's I mean, trailer. Really, really great. It looks like really uh, great seasons for both of them. So, uh, yeah, 
I've been keeping busy. What about you? Uh, I don't know if you can see, but there's a marker board on my. I took you and your old man's idea with the TV watch list. I've just been crossing them out like the girl from like Emily from Revenge, crossing out my TV shows as I watch them. There's been a ton of TV. Um, first off, I just finished Day Shift yesterday with Jamie Foxx on Netflix. Okay. Did not like it. <laughs> it yeah, wasn't I, good. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't. Did not like it. I wasn't feeling led. I, I wasn't either. I stopped like halfway and had to come back to it a different day. And even when I came back to it, I was like, yeah, still don't like it. <laughs> still don't like it. Okay. Um, I've been watching a ton of TV. You would be very proud of me. Um, I just binged rap shit on HBO Max. Finished all eight episodes. Very good TV good. show. You're ready because we're going to be talking about that today. Love, love, love. Um, I also watched, let me give it my list out. I watched Uncoupled on Netflix with Neil Patrick Harris and Tisha Campbell. Uh, so that's my going to be my spotlight show. As well. I've seen that as well. So, okay. I watched um, I Am Groot, the shorts on Disney Plus that came out a little bit ago. That was very cute. Nice. Um, I also watched Sandman on Netflix. Finished that series. Also okay. very I've heard interesting. Some good things about it. It's some of the episodes are good. Some of the episodes, like there is one particular episode that has um, death in it, and she yeah. was amazing. Like that was probably the best episode of the whole series to me. And it was this black, it was this black lady that was playing death. Very, very good. Um, what else? What else? Oh, I'm watching She Hulk on Disney Plus. All right. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Meg The Stallion for her cameo. Right. She said, there's only one Meg the Stallion. Ah. And I was like, go ahead, girl. Go ahead, Meg and Pete. Um, oh, and one of the things I think you forgot to mention, House of Dragon on HBO Max. House of the Dragon. Is it House of the Dragon or House of Dragon? House of the Dragon. Gather me. Um, the House of the Dragon. Like Megan Black the people Stallion. always love to rename shows. <laughs> And if I let you get away with it now, it's going to be, it then it's going to be called, it's going to be, you're going to go with House of Dragon. And then black people always have this thing where they add an S on it as well. House and of so Dragons. Then, I'll let, then it will morph into House of Dragons. And then we'll slowly get to a point where people just be like, are you watching Dragons? Are you watching Dragon? I'm gonna be like, you watching that Game of Thrones prequel. And people will <laughs> go along with it. And it's like, no, okay, we have to start getting these things correct. Oh my god. So I have to yeah, I have to gather you. So I've been watching tons and so I am you would be very proud of me. Um I've okay, been keeping cool. up on my TV ish. So there you go. Well, I mean, can we talk a little bit about we got your TV. What's going on with you in your life? You are the one that has had this big life change. Like talk to us about that. So to be fair, TV has been my one constant during this big life change. And so yeah. that's what's kind of been keeping me sane. But yeah, I moved to Oakland, California from Chicago. So uh, if you all were listening a few weeks or about a month ago now, you saw we did um, my Chicago exit interview. But yeah, I relocated back to Cali. Um, I used to live here from like 2013 to 2016. And now I'm back. And it's weird. It's weird. I think... Spending five years in Chicago has definitely changed my life. And now just trying to take everything that I've learned from that time span and kind of apply it here and that's right. Upgrade even more, you know, kind Taking of the raise my mama, life. That mama taught you. You already know. <laughs> and and applying them. Living right and doing right wherever you go. 
So, anyways, and so remember I'm to still, always pray. Shut up. <laughs> I um, do I feel settled in? Not quite. Like the you don't look settled in. I'm going to be very honest with you. It's looking real bare behind well, you. Well, first off, you're looking at the kitchen and the refrigerator. Well, I can't I'm show just you. Saying, the I'm living just telling room. you, you don't look settled in. So, because the light, the windows are facing. That's why I'm getting where's all your of this marvelous light <laughs> in the fridge where they're supposed to be. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I'm just, I'm still settling in. Like the apartment has come together really, really well. I like it. I need to find a storage unit for some of yep. my things, and I need to hang up some more pictures. But it's coming well, and I need to. I left. Oh, so the big thing, the big thing, and shout out to. I think he won't mind me naming him since he listens. But shout out to our friend Chris because he had to foster three of my plants, three of my plant babies while I made the move out here, my bigger girls. Um, and I, I was talking to him Friday. We're recording this on a Saturday morning. And he was like, the girls are thriving. The girls are doing good. He's like, I've been getting a lot of compliments. I said, see, my plants, every house that they've been in, they've gotten compliments from people who have been over there. So y'all go learn that's today. that's true. It's very true because it happened in your spot in Chinatown. I, I, it happened in well, Black's spot. Well, they definitely didn't. No, they definitely didn't get compliments from me. Well, uh, yeah, well, clearly not from so you because you're I, a hater. I would, <laughs> I would be very careful about whatever narrative that you're selling. What right did Beyonce now. say? Love thy hater. Love thy hater. So yeah, my question for you is: you you chose a very interesting word, foster. Um, are you planning on trying to get these? Plant babies uh, back one day? Yeah, absolutely. I have worked too hard. Mama has been through. Uh, you gonna pull you, a neo? <laughs> well, I want to talk about custody. that. Joint physical <laughs> custody. No, ain't no joint custody. This is soul custody because those are my girls. You didn't raise nobody he's else. Raised those girls. I know he's gonna fight hey, you in court. Bring it on. Bring it on. Because I've got just a solid like case. Isaiah. <laughs> Those are basically <laughs> losing Isaiah. This is exactly what this is, and I'm going to be the caseworker. Um, <laughs> Those are my girls trying to explain exactly what the situation is. I'm going to be Samuel L. Jackson. Ain't I'm no situation. I'm gonna help you get. I put. Back. I, I number one. I don't need no help. I set them with a foster parent because I knew that their transition would be difficult. What I'm telling you, Marcus, is focus in the that. state of Illinois. The parent that has exercised the most uh, love and care in, in the developmental years, as decided by the courts, is going that to is, get custody. What are you talking about? That is me. What, what do you mean? I'm I'm just telling you this because I know how the law works, and I've okay. seen a whole bunch of kids get torn <laughs> up in this system, and I don't want that to happen to you. I'm moving on because I will be getting my please, plans back. Please, I've got three not, of them. Yes, please. Let's move on. It is. Um, I'm glad that you've had, you know, some time to kind of get chill. But we have lots to talk about um, yes. in this episode. Um, um, but yeah. So what are we? What are we talking? What exactly are we talking about? Child, we have lots to talk about today. We are we are covering so many things. Um, oh. But let's hop into our first segment of the show, entitled. Woo child. Everyone, this is a rapid-fire recall. The pop culture moments of this past week. Things that made us say, Woo-cha. So this is going to be different now because we're not in the same room. This is going to be so weird. So I don't know if we're going to be able to time this. Is is there a delay? Like, 
It didn't sound time, so that means that you should probably step it up some. Do that. No, I think we're going to have to record something maybe just to kind of go Oh, we could, like a little segment yeah. recording? I yeah. can see that. Okay. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Kick us off. Let's talk about the one thing that I've been obsessed with. And if you notice in our spreadsheet trend, I don't have links to these because, honey, I have gone to TikTok. <laughs> I have gone to TikTok. Educated to by TikTok. my news. Citing huh? sources. Citing sources. Right. I've James gone to TikTok for my sources. Where's your source? Cite them. <laughs> Where's your source? Let's talk about, and you and I spoke about this briefly, the Don't Worry Darling drama at the Venice Film Festival. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So for everybody who doesn't know, Don't Worry Darling debuted at um, the Venice Film Festival um, to a four minute standing ovation, but uh, only before the entire cast walked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only before the entire cast walked out because they didn't want to be there. Um, so apparently there is drama between Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde. I say allegedly, but you can watch the videos. I mean, um, let's be real. There's drama between the entire cast. Well, I, well. So Gemma Chan and uh, Chris Pine ain't got no drama. They're just there so they don't get fined. I think Chris Pine. Well, Chris Pine is involved just by being in the wrong place, wrong time. Guilty by association. They haven't got Gemma in, and Gemma's like, I'm not. I'm not fooling with you, white people. And she shouldn't, and she absolutely shouldn't. But in a nutshell, um, a pair, before uh, Harry, oh, and Harry Styles, like, I guess, of course, we can't forget Harry Styles. He's at right. the center of all of this drama. Um, so allegedly, or apparently, Shia LaBeouf was the original lead in this show. Um, and then from Olivia's side, she, apparently she fired him, but then Shia shows up with receipts talking about, no, no, boo, you did not fire me. I quit, and here's why. And apparently he Olivia sent text message videos to him talking about how she wanted Shia to come back to the show, and she was basically not ready to give up, and how this will be a wake-up call for Miss Flo. Um, to which, of course, Florence Pugh did not take too kindly to that because I guess she thought that was a threat. Like, if you don't get your shit together, you can be axed from this this movie as well. Um, and so after all of that came to light, uh, Florence caught wind and she basically shut down and was like, look, I'm not I'm not. Um, I'm not what what is what is, I'm, I'm not doing any type of marketing or promotion for this movie I'm not showing up to anything and so I guess they basically had to beg her to come to Venice she showed up at the last minute she only went on the red carpet once Olivia and Harry left um, the rest of the cast greeted her very nicely I think Nick Kroll is also in this movie as well um, and they love her but I guess there is a beef now between Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh and Florence Pugh has she did one interview on the red carpet at the Venice Film Festival and then I think she was quoted as saying that she didn't feel like Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles had an appropriate relationship, relationship. on set yeah. or she said that they had an inappropriate relationship on set as we know Olivia and Harry are dating but now there are rumors swirling that maybe Olivia was having an affair with Harry while she was still married to Jason Sudeikis so there's that um and then of course all of the tiktoks that follow with think pieces and all of that jazz trent what do you think about this i think that there's just a lot going on with this situation i feel like from the beginning since they first 
um, revealed and did the premiere of the trailer, that is where the drama started. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys remember, but I did a story about this months ago yeah, about yeah. as Olivia Wilde was premiering the trailer of Don't Worry Darling, that she was served divorce papers by Jason Sudeikis in the same venue at the same time. And so there's always been some type of drama attached to this film project since its inception, since its beginning. And I think, you know, this the whole Shia LaBeouf situation and kind of, you know, his text messages that he shared between him and Florence and then the video of which, you know, Olivia Wilde is referring to uh, Florence. Um, and Ms. then Flo. on top of that, Miss Flo, I don't know if you caught that um, there were some there were some photos of uh, Florence Pugh's makeup artist with their shirts. Oh, I they saw. said Miss Flo. So it's just like all of these like little mint, like these like little pieces that it's like, okay, how much of this is, you know, actually real? And then how much of this is fabricated, drawn up to really bring attention to the film? You know, I think about Harry Styles, who's also done Press Week with Chris Pine um, and with the rest of the cast, who's doing his usual queer baiting thing at the Venice Film Festival, <laughs> Kiss Nick Kroll in the Not mouth. It's just like, usual okay, queer how baiting. much of this is, are we going to keep going on and keep seeing? I also talked about this with Harry Styles and the queer baiting piece. And like, you're dating Olivia, but then you want to kind of be able to kind of pander to this certain audience. And I think for me, I am, I'm more so wrapped up in like, is this what people have to do now in order to get people into theaters? Is like, does, is this is, this is exhausting. This is exhausting stuff. And like, so let me, you kind of have to play into it or to like, even having to um, avoid it and make the step, take the steps to avoiding it and not getting into the drama. It's exhausting when like, people, all, all people really want to do is work. Like, let me do my, I'm going to come, I'm going to, um, act i'm gonna film the film i'm gonna come and promote it but like we have to remember these stars they don't get paid to go promote these films i don't know if you, i mean we all remember the whole situation with monique where they wanted her to go and travel and come to the film festivals and things like that and they were like am i and she was like am i getting paid they were like no like so it's just exhausting to have to kind of do all of this stuff on your job the unnecessary drama um and it, yeah i it, it brings me back to my initial thought like is this what people have to do in order to sell tickets now so let's be clear you could definitely put it in your contract to like that you get paid to come to these things like you when you sign up for a movie or when you sign up to do a movie like that's part of your contract you i don't know if it works like that promotion i think monique got a raw end of the deal i, I don't, don't think, think that was I, in her i contract. don't think it works like that because i do think that like if they don't want to show up like while it may look bad, like, I don't think that there's, like, any huge penalty. Because that's why they be getting in there and just be, like, I don't know if you saw Harry Styles in these interviews. It's like, you're not, I, you girl, are phoning it in. Like, yeah. he's like, what I love about this movie is that it's just a movie like a movie. Like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? You are, come, you are at work, nigga. Like, you are at work. What are you doing? So, let me ask you this. Do you think that while some of this drama may be true, do you think the majority of it is manufactured to promote the movie? Even, I honestly whether do. it be when positive or about, negative. Uh, when you put in all of those pieces and like mm -hmm. even Florence with the little Miss Flow on the makeup shirts, like that's all buying in, that's all feeding into it and building it up. And I think that probably the majority of this is manufactured. I would say 
the Shia LaBeouf piece um, is probably That's not. Real. That's why he's yeah. probably like, yeah, like, let me go ahead and provide my receipts now because I see the type of fuck shit you own, Olivia yeah. Wilde. But I think um, I think the majority of it is kind of like, yeah, like, let's create this drama. Let's let's get some chaos surrounding this. My last thing and we can move on um, because this is also on TikTok. You know who Christy Carlson Romano is, right? Uh, from Even Stevens, right? So she did a TikTok and she was like, she she said something like fighting the urge to like weigh in on this. And she she was using one of the trending sounds. And I was like, ooh, Christy, spill some tea. Because I think she's got Shia's back because, you know, she loves Shia LaBeouf because they right. used to work together. And so I think she was like, not my problem, not my business, not my business, not my business, not my business, not my business. She was like fighting the urge to like jump into this, to jump into this drama or whatever. And everybody was in the comments talking about, ooh, spill, spill, tell us, tell us, tell us. And so I thought that was very interesting. So, but all in all, woo child, this whole woo don't worry. Child. Don't worry, darling. I hope the movie's right. good. My goodness. Okay, well, over in Atlanta, uh, Real Housewives star Sheree Whitfield has officially debuted her long-awaited She by Sheree. After 14 years of waiting audience members have to wait no more or well maybe they do <laughs> let me no they do they, they clearly do <laughs> so, um at the real housewives of atlanta uh season finale which was now i think two weeks ago they it, it ended with the she by Sheree fashion show um mm. and there was a huge rollout to this you know We've been hearing about She by Sheree since season one of Real Housewives of Atlanta. And so it was really cool to see everything come together in the final. Spring, summer. In the, in, <laughs> right. In the final um, uh, show of this season for, for Sheree as she did a fashion show, which basically showcased a really, you know, cool line of athletic wear for both men and women. I will be honest. I watched the finale. I love the clothes. I thought the clothes were super nice. Um, at which point the She by Sheree website shortly thereafter um, was open and, and after, shortly after it's open crash because uh, due to all of the overwhelming love, as it was stated on the website. Now, what people have started to notice as they were looking through the products that they were offered, number one, that it didn't look like the clothes that were on the show. <laughs> So the clothes that we saw in the fashion show were not the clothes that we got on the actual website. Um, what we went to and what fans learned as they did dug a little deeper was that the clothes on the website looked very similar to clothes that were on um, the popular website Sheen. And so very similar designs, same colors, same everything, in which people are starting to kind of put two and two together that... Sheree has some deal where she is basically buying clothes wholesale and then act just putting her logo on them and selling them off as her own designs. Um, a lot of people have weighed in on this saying that, you know, this is what all celebrities do and this is what all people do. Um, this is what Fenty does and, you know, other other big brands like that. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, first off, I do not like Sheen, Sheen, however you pronounce it. I have ordered exactly two things from there, okay. one of which never showed up, and the other that showed up and was completely the wrong That sounds like a problem with item. your um, parcel 
uh, package vendor. So one never showed up, and the other one, when I got it, it was the entirely wrong item okay. that I ordered. And I like had to look at my invoice and look at the shit. I said, so wait, I paid for this, but I got this like okay, so we don't, we, Okay, thing. so you don't like Sheen. Okay, got it. How do you feel about Sheree kind of hitting us with the okie doke? I mean, look, at the end of the day, if there are other celebrities who are doing this, like not everybody can, everybody wants to parade around like they can be a designer and that they can, you know, have all of these great things. But let's be real. A lot of these girls cannot. A lot of these girls are um, either working with a ghost designer or just buying them, buying that shit right off the rack or something like that and selling it anyway. So, I mean, it is what it is. I make the money. I think what she should probably be doing is if she's going to buy them wholesale, she needs to figure out a way to add something to the garments to like make them her their own or make she's them her, her own. logo on them. That's not enough. She's putting that she's putting their lo her logo on them. And like you'll see, like if you click on the link, you'll see the side by side comparison. Oh, I saw of, yeah. of what it looks like. And I think Honestly, for me, Marcus, I think that Sheree shot herself in the foot when she began this whole She by Sheree. To kind of take y'all back, you know, I think when Atlanta was coming up was shortly after um, Real Housewives of New York. And there, at, during the Real Housewives of New York, there was a huge build of like housewives building their own personal brands and merchandise and having lines and things like that. And I think that she probably got caught up in something with that of saying, you know, well, I want to, I like clothes. I want to do a clothing line because to me for it to be 14 years later, and this is the product tells me that this is fashion is not something that you are truly passionate about. Maybe you are passionate about looking good and looking fierce when you step out, but clothes is not something that you are truly like you don't bleed this shit like i could see now if marlo did like a fashion line or something like that that would make a little bit more sense to me but i think that she by sheree really did catch on and it became a household name in itself and that somewhat kind of came back to haunt sheree for years i mean for literally 14 years until she was able to actually produce a line and what this says is like the fact that you have not put the time in on your actual website for it to 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 not crash, to not go down, um, knowing that you're going to have all of this response. And then on top of that, to also not have these clothes right where they need to be. If you look on the website and you look at the pictures, people were just roasting how like the shirts were wrinkled when they were being photographed and things like that. I mean, it's just those small touches and it like lets me know that you do not, you, number one, you don't have the team. You don't have the right team that you need in order to present this professionally. And then this is something that you are tr maybe truly not passionate about. Because if you were, I feel like you would have a stronger hand in how every sit, how everything looks from every angle. Your marketing, how you, mm -hmm. your fulfillment, all of that. I think she should just be a stylist. Don't try to be a designer. Like, just I don't style. think she should. I think she should just stick with the fitness stuff. And, and stick with that mm -hmm. and then kind of just keep it moving from there you've you've put out she by Sheree, it's out there let's not do anything else moving forward okay until you feel like you have the funds and you feel like you have the team to really go forth um 
to bring it together. But I don't like once again, I'm not saying like I'm going to be waiting for that because I don't think it's something that she's she's truly excited about. So I just went to the She by Sheree website. Did you see this? It Is it says, the message? It says, She by Sheree, dear yep. fans, pardon our progress. It was a full house. <laughs> Thank you for the overwhelming response. Though we could not accommodate all visitors, we are excited to refresh and relaunch very soon. Note, all existing orders are currently being filled. Please stay tuned to Sheree Whitfield for upcoming info. So you can't even like access the website now. Yeah. It's just that. Woo chow. Woo chow. <laughs> Woo chow. Um, all right, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Queen Elizabeth. So she died. Queen. She passed. Let me be respectful. Transition. She passed on Thursday. Um, at the age of 96 and I'm just I'm going to keep it a buck I'm going to keep it a hundred it's never a, it's never a great time when uh, somebody passes and I feel for her family and I hope that they find the peace and resolve that they need uh, but at the end of the day lest we forget what the royal family has been up to for the past century um colonization forcing other countries against their will to be a part of the monarchy um very outdated terms as far as when it comes to world policies and politics and lest we forget how megan has been treated in all of this and prince harry so am i respectful of their loss yes am i sad absolutely not i think the monarchy over in the UK is very outdated and out of touch. We're in 2022, about to be in 2023. I think the royal family has pretty much absolved. Like, I don't think anybody really adheres to this anymore, but maybe I guess people over in London. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't feel any kind of way about it. And I don't feel any kind of way about King Charles now either. So I... Uh, if I, it's a flat for me. If I could give this a flat, I don't, I don't know what to say. What are your thoughts? I think um, overall, I am. Um, what do you say? I mean, it's the end of an era. Clearly, I mean, she was like the yeah. longest running monarch. I think. Yes. Because um, you know we've watched and, The Crown, so we know. Yeah. So it's like I mean, as longest running monarch, that's definitely a thing doesn't look like there's going to be a female heir anytime soon. Um, so, I mean, there's, I mean, that's, I'm not going to take away from the fact that I, I would give her her prop and say, okay, you did that as a woman. Um, but I think that there are definitely some very problematic and um, very uh, hard to erase or hard to avoid uh, moments of her reign um, absolutely and just exactly where you know whether wherever she found herself in terms of the size of power between her and the gov british government the british colonialism um it is it, it, it is a fact right it's like that like how do i put this you know it's like that um it's like that like 
old lady that's like at your like school or something like that that everybody like loves but you feel like she is kind of like she is low-key racist um <laughs> that's what this that's what this feels like but queen was queen elizabeth low-key racist or just racist i think that she was low-key racist because in the you royal never family get to in see general her, you never get to see her outright like admonishing groups or anything like that but like it's always it's never it's never her hand it's someone else's hand and i think that that she's been able to kind of hide in this um palace if you will but somewhat of a she's been able to kind of have a removed sense of self because it's like oh i'm not i'm just the monarch i'm just a figure i don't really have that much power and it's well you do have influence you know i mean you, you understand you do top, have girl. influence and so regardless of whether or not of how the checks and balances go for british government you do have you do have influence and you do preside over that government um i think that hopefully someone is looking at this at the monarchy as you know when do we when do we pull the cord when do we pull this the cord? I think this you. would be a really great time to just end it. Like this it's would be a really happen. great time to just be like, you know what? Actually, we're gonna just stop it right here. I think that I, I think that this would be the opportune time. And I don't know who needs to do that over there for all of our UK listeners. Let us know who do we need to write to. But I think that this would be a good time to just be done with it. Well, they're clearly not going to be done with it because they've already put, pumped King Charles into this slot now. But I agree. That's That was the question I was getting ready to ask you was, do you think that this should, this whole royal family business should just be done with? And I agree. I think it should just be done I think done this with. would be a really nice ending. This would well, be a really great place to just cut it. It's time to cut it. It's time to you need to cut it. Woo chow. So that's all I've got to say. I didn't want to spend too much time on that because I honestly, truly, respectfully, I don't care. Okay. So up next, we have uh Marcus, are you following all of this stuff with the Tiffany Haddish, Ari Spears, molestation, harassment charges? I read it and immediately was like oh okay this is not really about anything after like reading the actual case and who was alleging these and how many times that they have alleged this against tiffany but yeah go ahead, i'll let you tell the story first so for those who don't know um tiffany haddish and aries spears were both working on a project and in this they were filming a skit and the skit is called i think through a pedophile's eyes but in this skit there are some very suggestive, um, su very suggestive uh, things happening. So, for instance, there is, you know, in this, Aries Spears is applying massage oil to him, and kind of like um, there are some suggest sexually suggestive motions uh, with toys that are being used. And what's happening now is that from this skit that was filmed, you know, a while back. Tiffany and Aries have been charged with uh, a molestation lawsuit. Um, both of them, it was. I don't think that they took too much time to come to it. I think that they both wanted to get with their representation and make uh, actual official statements. They did not do a joint statement, but in uh, both of their statements, they talk about uh, somewhat of a, you know, it wasn't a good look. So the first one, Aries Spears, 
no, actually, Tiffany Haddish spoke out first. Um, and what she was basically saying um, in her, she did a post on Instagram saying that clearly that while the sketch was intended to be comedic, it wasn't funny at all. And I deeply regret having agreed to act in it. Um, Ari Spears goes on to talk about the situation and is letting people know that this is an attempt to extort um, or in an attempt to shake down and that that's just not what this is. That's not what this is going to be. Um, he says in his he says in his statement, we will we won't be shaken down. And um, his attorney. No, excuse me. Do they have the same attorney? No, they don't. I, was saying, I don't okay. think so. It was Tiffany's no, attorney Tiffany's that was attorney. like, this is an attempt to extort. Yes, saying that this is a, a bogus claim against Ms. Haddish um, and has been made for uh, several years. Now, I was unfamiliar with, I don't know who these these uh, kids are. Do you know who the kids are? Well, they're not kids, first off. They're grown-ass okay. women. <laughs> and one of them's the mom and one is the daughter, For I think, from what I read. Now, I could be wrong. And Tr- I allegedly... I don't yeah. know if that's... But I mean, no, the the it says that the girl was 14 at the time and the, the boy time. was seven yeah. years old. But I'm not yeah. sure who these kids are. I've never seen them on anything. I'm not either. And from what, like I said, from the same thing that you're probably reading, I saw that like they had made these similar claims multiple times before and they ain't getting nothing out of it. And the cases got dismissed and the lawyer was like, hey, it'll get dismissed again. I said, this is a, a repeated attempt to shake down my client, Miss Haddish, and we will be uh, fighting back. What are your? I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I personally have, I think, number one, when it rains, it pours. And have you seen like, I'm I can be a conspiracy theorist all the time, but have you seen like once a comedian gets to a certain level, there's like always something that is like to bring them, to bring them down. And I don't know what that is, but we've seen this happen with. We saw this happen with Cat Williams. We saw this happen with um, Martin Lawrence. We've seen this happen with a a number of comedians. Dave Chappelle. I I mean, we've seen this happen with a number of comedians that once they get to a certain level, Mike Epps. I I mean, I'm just like, they keep coming up. But once they get to a certain level, like it it, it hits a ceiling and then it's like, we're going to bring you down. Is it comedy comedians or is it just celebrity in general? I think, again... I feel like I see it more so happen with comedians because what I mean, a lot of the times what they're saying is so, you know, edgy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you could put Kevin Hart in the same boat too. Kevin Hart. I, so to me, all I guess I've read it. That's all I know about the case. I would say if this was a legitimate case, they're going to have to come up with some, some, some receipts to prove this. Uh, on the on the uh, accusation side now as far as Tiffany and Aries Spears is concerned Tiffany's lawyer seems like she, he, they've got it under control but let me just be the first to say fuck Aries Spears first and foremost because what you're not gonna do um, Aries Spears has said so I used to be a fan of Aries Spears in the mad TV about days a, about him and Lizzo Sure am. Sure in the hell am. Sure am. Still haven't let it go and won't let it go. And now he wants to be upset because everybody's coming for that ass. Well, then you should have sat there and ate your damn food. Well. Ooh, child. Period. Period. Mm. So, Aries Spears, I'm sorry, but 
I mean, the fact that you were out here trying to attack black women, like, sh- nigga, have you looked in a mirror lately? How dare you? <laughs> so that's all I got to say. So I guess, uh, can we expect a follow-up from this for you? Do we need to make this a, an ongoing I'm sure segment? we'll see what happens. Like, I think at the end of the day, we'll see what happens. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how far this will go, but um, it's just an interesting pattern that I see. Um, especially in the comedy world. Ooh, chow. Um, Is that all you got on this? Uh, Yeah, that's all I have on this one. The only last thing I want to talk about, and we can talk about this briefly, but uh, somebody debuted in their first Broadway. Is this her first Broadway performance? No. Okay, I didn't think so. Well, Leah Michelle debuted in Funny Girl. Um, replacing Beanie Feldstein, which we've covered on this show, the drama going on there. Um, and again, this is what I mean by y'all need to listen to us. Listen to Cold Pop. We 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 are we are we are like right here on the pulse of pop culture. Like we said this when we talked about this. We were like, of course Leah is going to do an amazing job in the role, but that's not the point. The point is, is that people don't like her. You know, she's a mm-hmm. t- she's a talented girl. She's a talented girl. Hey. But the problem is that people don't like her. And so she debuted in Funny Girl this past week. And of course, amazing. Like there were tons of videos, which of course there shouldn't have been because this is a Broadway show and you're not supposed to be recording. But there were a ton of videos and, and all of the comments, even on TikTok and Instagram, everybody was like, damn. Unfortunately, she did such an amazing job. Not unfortunately. Everybody was like, damn, unfortunately, she's done so well. Or like, gosh, she did so well. But unfortunately, I don't like her and blah, 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 blah. And so I don't know what she is going to have to do, but she's going, her team is going to need to get together and the PR system is going to need to spin because her image is in the drain right now. But again, talented girl. And I knew she was going to do well. What do you? Did, I know you saw the clip I sent you. What did you think? Um, I I thought that yeah, no, she sounded good. I think it was interesting. They talked about some of the changes that have been made to the show um, since Leah Michelle has now entered and taken on the um, the role of Fanny Bryce. I was I, well. I mean, I could understand that they they made some. Um, changes to music and they've added some songs uh which sounds cool that you know probably are better suited for a stronger stronger vocal um, you were to say a stronger vocal <laughs> what i found to be the most interesting is that there have been some changes made to the costumes and i don't oh, know yeah, how they quite took them to feel about off, that honey. i'm not sure how quite to feel about that um and if that was a decision made by like if that was a collaboration between the actors and the costume designer or the directors and costume designer, I'm not exactly sure, but I thought it was interesting that um, this Fanny Bryce is showing a lot more skin um, in comparison to Beanie Feldstein's Fanny Bryce, who was very covered up. So I thought that that was, I thought that that was kind of interesting. Um, overall, I think that they are starting to do the work. I think Leah Michelle's team is starting to do the work on changing the narrative and kind of getting us back to a point where you know she is um america's sweetheart again i don't think it will be an easy i don't think it'll be an easy journey um it's gonna have to be you know very carefully crafted but it's definitely doable 
Leah got in there and they said, turn the wigs around. Yeah, which is they just did I, a whole one eighty. I think it's interesting that yeah, this Fanny Bryce is a little less covered up than Beanie. I mean, hey, I, every as we've seen time and time again, when artists come in to guest spot, and I know Leah's not guest spotting; she's actually taking over the role. But when they come in, you know, they take liberties with the character and maybe costume wise how they look and stuff like that. So I don't necessarily find that too out of the norm. I know that there were a few videos I saw where people were, uh, tr- I guess, trying to relate it to fat phobic ishness mm-hmm. yeah. because Beanie was a bigger girl and yep. they had her covered up, and now Leah is a skinny thing and got shoulders and clavicle and arms. Yeah, I thought all that, that was interesting because Beanie doesn't strike me as that person, but um, maybe I don't that's know. what Beanie was comfortable with. Maybe Beanie was comfortable with being covered up and didn't want to like show. Like we don't know what these conversations were yeah. in the wardrobe room. So I mean, I, I can't, I can't speak to that. But I think, and if I'm coming into a role and I'm really, if, if I'm, and I'm going to be here for a while, I want to make that role my own, and I want to be comfortable in the costume that I'm going to be in, and I want to make sure that I'm putting my best foot forward, and that it's going to make me feel great so that I can do my best. And so maybe, Leah, maybe that's what Leah did. I don't know maybe yeah i don't think anyone i mean we don't know of course but yeah i just it's one of the things that i found to be um interesting in terms of the the quick turnaround Mm -hmm. but other than that i again like i said i saw the performance (laughs) she did great uh woo chow that's all i gotta say good all right we'll see how she does okay uh last but certainly not least neo and his estranged wife crystal smith are at mm. odds with one another um, in regards to their separation agreement. So, as this past week, Radar Online has reported that uh, Neo has officially um, objected to Crystal's several requests. One for temporary spousal support. Uh, second being permanent spousal support, as well as her petition for uh, physical, sole physical custody of their children. Um, Neo is basically saying that he wants to make sure that he's in his children's life and that he is an active and loving father to his children, that he believes that they should have joint physical custody. Um, I have no problem with this. I think where people are starting to get (laughs) a little, um, a little tickled is Neo's petition of why he feels like he shouldn't have to pay spousal support. Have you heard about any of this? What did he say? (laughs) So... But I'm sure um, it was something silly. I've, that's got to be something silly. Well, basically, I mean, he is saying um, in in his uh, in his statement, he's he's basically saying that uh, while he has remained employed, Crystal has been formally unemployed at times during the mar- during the marriage, and that she has benefited significantly due to her personal association with Neo and his career. Wait, um, so when you say formally, does that she, mean he also wait, wait, wait. Hold on. He also feels that she possesses the considerable ability to procure stable and consistent employment at this current time and following the dissolution of their marriage. He also Blue. wants her to pay for her own legal fees. So when he says formally, that means she's chose not to work. Chose to be unemployed. And can she can she work now? Yeah, I mean, he's saying he's like she has all of the he she has the ability to 
gain employment? Like, why can't she work? What are your feelings? What are your thoughts on this? I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I mean, if you're not married to this person anymore, like they have kids together, though, don't they? Yes, they they have kids together, and he wants. He said that he'll definitely do child support, um, but, but not he spousal wants, support. He wants the he wants joint custody of the children, which probably lessens that amount of child support. Number one, and then number two, um, he does not want to pay any type of spousal support. I agree with the make sure that man is paying child support for them kids. And yeah, and he says that's not sure a that problem. A, but with the spousal support, I mean, how long, I, I, and we've seen this time and time again, how long can you live off of someone's name until you kind of have to go out and fend for yourself? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's definitely part of it, right? But I think also... Um, there is, I think that this would be different had it not come out in such a public way. I don't know right. if you remember. I do. I don't think we did a story on this, but during our break, Crystal Smith took to social media to basically spill all of their tea out in a very public way, saying that she had been like the Neo had cheated on her and that this marriage is done and, you know, all of these things. I think that that personally has something to do with it. Um, as to why he's maybe doing a little bit of pushback. Do I think that he'll be able to get away without paying anything? Probably no. not. Yeah, no. But I do think that, you know, he's at least putting up a fight, and I can't blame him for that. Uh, but at the end of the day, you want your kids to be comfortable, right? So if, you know, and, you know, if your kids, if, you're, if the mother of your kids is happy um, and has what she needs, your kids are going to be happy. That's also very true. And I mean, if mom is struggling and taking care of these kids, that means the kids are struggling. So you got to make sure that she's in a. But at the same time, I also understand the ha whole aspect of like, well, look, ma, like you. What are you doing to help better your situation as well? I don't I don't want to get into this. He she cheated. also said that they agreed at one point that they that she wouldn't work. But that was while they were together. While right? they were together. Not, not now that they're separate separated yeah so that i think that agreement kind of goes out the window right i don't know this is this is tough it's this a sticky situation woo chow definitely a woo chow <laughs> okay let's take a break and when we come back we're going to do our spotlight shows of the week marcus what are you covering i am covering uncoupled on netflix and i will be talking about hbo max's rap shit we'll be mm. right back All right. Hey, pop stars, we are back and it is time for our spotlight shows of the week. This week, I am covering HBO Max's rap shit. Issa Rae's second series with HBO follows the rise of a Miami-based female rap duo, rap duo, excuse me, Shauna and Nia. Um, this is loosely based on the City Girls and rap shit showcases the trials and triumphs of navigating today's music industry. Um, there are eight episodes, 30 minutes, uh, super easy watch. Uh, Marcus, I know that you watched this. Let, talk to me a little bit about what were your initial thoughts and reactions to the season? 
I liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, it definitely did start off a little slow. I think episode one and two uh, were more focused on Shauna and Mia, and then episode three was focused on the rest of the cast. But after all of that was introduced, episodes four, five, six, seven, and eight really took off, and we really got to get to where we were going. Um, do you want me to give like my initial feedback, or are you going to break it down and I can just provide as we go? I think we'll do some breakdowns, but just... Um, no, that was good for your initial thoughts. I thought... I agree. I, I did like it. I think that the sweet spot hit for me actually episode four. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 that's where it kind of did a turning point for me. I was a little unsure where we were going at the beginning of this. Felt like they were introducing a lot of characters, uh, but not really following up on them. There was just like quick introductions made. And, you know, some of these people showed up later. Some of these people didn't show up at all, but I did find it to be pretty interesting. Um, there were a couple of aspects of this that I do want to cover. Um, but I guess, you know, speaking at it from a from a holistic standpoint, what parts of this, like, did you enjoy most? What were the things that you could have done without? I really enjoyed the scenes where they were making the music, the songs, and, like, mm-hmm. coming up with the songs. I... I could see myself visibly smiling at the screen, like, okay, this is good. Like, I love the two. I loved Mia and Shauna uh, coming up with the music. Like, when Mia came up with that, the second song was, like, off of the You Know Nam beat. I was like, yes, this is really cute. Really, really cute. Um, I also really, really like Duke's story arc. I told, I told this to you already. I think, to me, Duke is the most fleshed-out character out of everybody on the show so far. Just because she had some pl- she has some place to go, um, we see where she started as a struggling promoter, and you know, being really nice to all of the girls, and kind of getting pushed, walked over, basically, you know, spending all this money on everybody to get them in spots and not getting the appreciation. And then her dad has to like, put, is that her dad? I think it's like an uncle figure, an uncle or something puts her own game and is like, look, you are going about this all wrong, and you see the kind of the fl- the switch flip at the end of the season and she's like oh but then you see it be validated in that last episode when the girl is like i do need you and she's like oh shit he was on to something and you can kind of see where it's going to go from here and i think that's an exciting part to see so i i enjoyed those parts what i didn't like um i so i'm going to be honest i think i like the mia's character more than i like shauna Shauna seems a little and be like that. Yeah, and I, I've been to say I think it's probably written like this, which is I guess yeah. kudos on the writing. Shauna seems very clueless, very selfish, very self-centered, and is a scammer, basically. And I'm just kind of like, why aren't you checking on Mia? Like, why the whole New York episode? I was like, bitch, why didn't you ask her what the hell happened and why she needed a place to stay? And then Shauna didn't even share that her and Cliff broke up. Or that he was cheating on her with Fatima or any of these things. And it's like, I need to see more of these sisterhood moments, maybe. And I guess maybe it's because they they weren't friends and they are still trying to get to know each other, maybe. And so those are just kind of my initial thoughts. But like, you tell me, what do you think? Um, what I enjoyed most, I do love, it, the, for me, the show is was a love letter to Miami. Um, it's got to be. You know, I went yeah. to... I, I, I spent some time in South Florida for grad school and kind of, you know, it is, it speaks and every, 
from all of the little uh, sh- just decisions about shots made and like where they would film and things like that. They definitely showcased the city very well. And I thought that that was um, I really I really did enjoy that aspect. There were a couple of pieces that I wasn't sure exactly how to feel. And we'll kind of get I want to talk a little bit about it um, later on as we as we unpack this, but just kind of the overarching idea of scam culture and how it may have been glamorized a bit in this in this particular uh, project. Um, I do want to. I, I I mean, we we see something happening at the at the very tail end of this, and we don't even know where that's going to go. But I do want to talk about that um, a little bit later. But yeah, just the that's probably what I did not. That's probably what I liked the least about it. Um, mm-hmm. What I found to also be really interesting, and I want to get your thoughts on this, is that the show heavily incorporates social media. Um, yeah. I mean, it's in every scene, every episode. They're either on live, they're doing a drop, they're doing something like that. How did you feel about them using social media as a storytelling device? I didn't mind it, but I think they need to use it less. Give me more actual setup scenes. Those are the ones that I was really invested in. Like when we got an actual multi-camera scene, um, don't and without the the social media overlay templates that w- they would put on. Yeah. The screen i think it's fine to like because we live we live in a social media world and so i think it's fine to start each show or start each episode like that and through videos and stuff like that but at some point during the middle of the episode let's ground this a little bit more in reality versus social media and then if you want to yeah. tack on some things towards the end or not totally fine but it is a little jarring because i don't want to i want to watch a full episode through like shaky video clips and stuff like that because it's supposed to have the social media aspect to it give me like let's ground this in a little bit of reality and then sprinkle the social media in on top of that i think that's my thoughts yeah um i thought yeah i thought it was clever it was definitely new i don't think any you know no, there are shows, shows that try to this. do it but this was yeah. done in a different way that you know kind of made the show stand out a little bit for me um i hadn't seen social media incorporated this like this in such a way maybe since like i don't know maybe like a gossip girl or something like that um the the new gossip girl um the the characters so let's move on to the character so i i want to focus on three of the main characters here first up is shauna shauna Mm -hmm. um when we meet her at the beginning of this series she is a uh very woke socially progressive rapper she has like face pain and her lyrics are all about you know much like very much like black empowerment female no, that's empowerment. A mask. <laughs> that's um, a mask not face those, pain. those types of things <laughs> and um when we finish this when we finish this season you know she's a part of this rap duo that you know heavily is talking about you know scamming and you know scheming and how you know to seduce and scheme and and, and things like that and so it's a very it's it's very much a 180 for me um and so you know to kind of see her journey through this i know duke also has a journey through this but shauna also has quite a journey from where we first meet her to the to the uh finish of this you know there's the dissolution of her relationship uh as well as you know there might be some some impending 
uh, legal consequences that might be on, you know, on the horizon for her. How did you feel about her actual journey? And did you feel like that we saw enough from uh, Shauna to kind of buy into her and to uh, be at least empathetic to her situation? Right now, I am not empathetic to her situation. While I find it very interesting, and I definitely think that I definitely think all of the characters had a story arc. I just think Dukes was the most prominent to me. I think where Shauna starts versus where she ends this season, she is like that woke rapper who, you know, she doesn't want to sell out. She wants to be true to her art form, but then she's realized that she's not winning. That's not what people want to hear. That's not what people want to see. Like we, you and I have talked right. about this plenty. Like uh, America, millennials, generations have such short attention spans. And it's like, you've got to catch their, like you want to make it in this music business, you know, you've got to catch their attention. That's where I think, yeah. Francois was trying to like get in her head, but I think he went about it a shady way and that kind of effed her over a little bit. And so I understood the beef there, but I feel like it was a total 180. It would have been nice to maybe see her slide into this a little bit more instead of one episode going from Erica Badu to the City Girls. And it's like, okay, so what is who is the real you then like what is the real you because clearly it's I think it was gradual space in between I do think it was gradual and I think that they tried to like there was a point in which her boyfriend at the time did try to like pull her back and be like hey like is this what you're this is what we're doing now this is what we're like but he said he liked it that's the why I was going. confused when they uh, were in New York like he said first. he liked it not at first because when they were like when they were in bed, he was like, "I see you got new makeup and eyelash." He was like, "This is really good." I said, "This." Looks I mean, really he liked good. the. I think he liked the physical, but then once he started to hear the music and see like the direction it was going in, he did have issues with, it. and he did he did do some pushback. Um, Cliff, Cliff is and the uh, boyfriend that we're talking about. And speaking of Cliff, Cliff can kick rocks any damn way because his okay. opinion to me doesn't even matter. After that whole episode five, are you going to put me on live and try to break up with me? Nigga, <laughs> first yeah, off, the phone would have been like flowing. That. that was definitely a first for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on to Mia. Uh, Mia, when we first meet her um, in the series, she is a... Uh, she does. She works on OnlyFans. She's a multifaceted uh, um, entrepreneur. And she uh, entertains the company of gentlemen from time to time. Um, she's a single mom who is uh, separ pseudo separated from the dad. They have a co-parenting relationship. Uh, but when we do, when we do uh, finish the season. Mia is stepping more into this music role and taking more of an ownership uh, of the music and of the performance, um, which is definitely very different. She, from the beginning of this, she to me seemed like she was not fully on board of like this is this is what I want to do, um, and this was kind of just something that she was kind of like riding to see where it went. I don't know if you got that impression, but that's the impression that I got, and. At the end of this, she was definitely engaged, involved, um, and kind of also knee deep in like the progression of the of the duo. 
I definitely thought she was going to be just the hype man, but I loved her story arc and how she kind of came into her own. Um, I let me tell you, I have a crush on her baby daddy. Like her, I think he is wow. so cute, and I love the actor who plays him. I think he did a really good job of not just portraying him as this music producer fuckboy, but like he actually has some like depth to him. I I I really liked her baby daddy. I thought I, think it was I was cool. like, okay. I don't have a I don't have a crush or anything like like that. But um, I do. Okay, I do. let's talk about Duke. I know you said that this was. Uh, one of your favorite characters. Um, you've you've kind of already shared with us a little bit about Duke's journey and the you know the story where Duke goes to. What I found to be the most interesting about Duke's character, um, which I don't know if we're going to really see change much, but Duke is starting to step into the role of a um, mini mogul if you will a businessman yeah like yeah. has duke duke has their hand in a lot of different bags and i think i'm not sure exactly what duke's pronouns are um but duke definitely at the beginning of this has has their hand in a lot of different bags so you know he duke is a pimp and has like you know all of these women that work for him on you know throughout miami but then he also wants to be a manager and then he's also a concierge for celebrities and helping them kind of, you know, secure certain things that they want. Um, I think what we will see and hopefully what the season is setting us up for, um, if they get a season two, is that Duke starts to kind of figure out that the music could be a potential way out of the daily hustle and bustle of having to wear so many hats. Um, and there's a very interesting, there's a very interesting relationship that he has or that Duke has with, um, who I will say is probably the main hoe. Is that what they? What was her name? Is that what they like to be called? Main hoe, the primary well, that's hoe. That's what they call. That's what Duke called them. The primary lady of the night. I'm not sure exactly what the correct terminology is, but a very interesting relationship that they have here that we saw kind of. We saw where it ended and play out with you know, the the primary hoe actually submitting to, you know, to Duke to 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 their to her pimp um but i'm i'm very interested to see where this goes because i don't think that this is the last situation that duke will put her oh, no. in not 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 at all and i think the the only other thing i wanted to say about duke let's re, let, first off let's refer to duke as they them until we figure out who, what duke's pronouns actually are cuz i don't know either but yeah you need to figure that out i think um did Duke threaten them and be like, I can make y'all or I can break y'all. But it's like, well, you're not going to have no money if you break them. So like you, it, it's it's very interesting to see this symbiotic relationship start to form between the three of them, between Mia, Shauna and Duke, because clearly Duke has no career if Mia and Shauna are not together. So it's in Duke's best interest to make sure that they stay together as a group. And so well, he, I don't think it. Duke can... Huh? Duke's gonna hustle regardless, but I, I but think, I think you're I, I think you're right with the point of Duke is starting to realize that this music thing might be the way out. Yeah, and so it's therefore it been, it behooves everybody to get along and get on board so that we can make this thing happen, which is how they ended up on the tour. Can we talk about this white girl though? This white this white girl rapper. <laughs> I thought that, that was interesting, and I think that kind of brings us to a 
the conversations or like the social commentary that this show provides on certain things. And one of those is kind of the whitewashing of rap, of of hip hop. And we see that play out through this character. Um, What do you want to say about this? I think who I'd probably closely tie to like a Chanel West Coast or an Iggy Azalea Azalea. um, kind of person. Yeah. Yeah. So first off, the very first song that they play from her. I don't even know what her name is. I can't remember what her name is. I can't either. But the very first song, like in episode two or something like that, while it was so funny, it was actually kind of catchy. I was like, okay, this is kind of catchy. But what made me laugh was the scene, I think it may be like five or six, where she was like in the car and like video, being videotaped and he was like, talk your shit. And she was like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, hold on. I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk my shit. I'm gonna talk. I, said, I laughed so yeah. hard. And he was like, okay, so you know I'm going to have to literally go everywhere with you now. <laughs> like, I can't leave you alone, girl. What is this? <laughs> so funny to me. Yeah, there was a lot. I'm trying to figure out what, I don't know exactly what that, the um actor's name was or what the character's name was but i think one of the things that's kind of showcasing is is like you know how many people are out there um it it peeled back the curtain on how many people are out there who are not about that life and just kind of really trying to cash in on something that cosplaying cosplaying Um, as a rapper i also love the i love the uh you, you spoke a little bit about mia's uh baby daddy uh <laughs> Shauna's man was fine too. The um, Haitian man. Yeah, but me as baby daddy, I just love the I loved showing a black father who in a successful kind of co-parenting relationship. I thought that that was really cool, super refreshing. Um not something that we see all the time. Um Agreed. Back to the conversation that I wanted that I brought up a little bit earlier. I do feel like as though that the show was glamorizing scam culture just a bit. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, the the title song is Seducing Scheme. Like, come on, like, let's just talk about it. And then for those who don't know, Mia also, not Mia, excuse me, Shauna runs a, like, she is on a, like, a scam. She runs a scam with um, a close friend of hers in which she takes credit cards from the hotel that she works at and shares those credit card numbers with a... I don't know if they're potential love interest. I'm not sure exactly what's going on there with the guy, but they obviously have some type of scheme where they're going out and, you know, stealing these credit cards, Um, you know, without giving too much away, it doesn't stay like that forever. But I do think at times the show did glamorize scam culture. And it's a lot of shows have been doing that recently, you know, with inventing Anna and um, many shows that we've covered on here. What are your thoughts? Do you feel like rap shit did that? And if so, um, or if not, how come? I don't necessarily think it was glamorized. I think they're clearly setting something up here. I think they, while scheming can be great and profitable for a period of time, it's not sustainable. And at some point, it's going to catch up with you. And I think we saw that throughout the season because we got mentions of, Shauna already being nervous about doing it because she was like, I don't want to do any of the heavy lifting. I don't want to be involved in any of that. She was like, oh, that's why I say when you say she, I think she was helping out on the scheme. I don't think she was just like a main integral part of the scheme. No, she was was definitely an integral part of it. She, mm, 
I don't know about that. But she had just because of she her had reservations. To go back. Remember when he spoke to her in code on the phone, and she had to go back and delete like all of the stuff. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, well, it yeah, was just like all of the card it. and the cards. That's yeah, what I'm saying. I think she was helping. She's involved. I, I that's what I'm. I know she's involved, but I don't think this was her idea. I think she was brought into this to help out because of the situation that she was in and didn't have any money. But like, clearly, this is the other boy and uh, the, uh, the, the 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 those two other Haitian boys. This is their scheme because they're the ones doing all the heavy lifting and all of this equipment and sending it off and, and getting the money because he was giving her money, her cut. So she was helping out, but she she's not clearly not the mastermind behind this. I'm not saying she's the mastermind, but she's definitely involved. And I think, you know, it's I think you have to kind of also look beyond just that that instance. That is like that itself is in a scheme. Duke getting these women to work and them not getting paid. That's a scheme like these people are like it seems like everyone is running a scam um, down here. And I think that in some type of way they are glamorizing it because we're not or we at least haven't yet seen the full consequences of you know what that does i think that we're trying to see um a little bit with you know mia mia's character who is the epitome of seducing scheme um and there is one instance in which it plays out with her in the hotel room in new york of when scamming goes wrong oh yeah Um, yeah and so i mean we we do see that one instance but we don't actually we only hear about it we don't get to actually see what happens and so i think decisions like that in which we don't actually get to see what plays out it's only alluded to kind of to me glamorizes what glamorizes that scam culture at the end of the day i feel like this season as the the inaugural season definitely set up a lot of storylines that could i'm sure we'll see hopefully they get a season two i'm sure they will this was a solid show and we'll get more into the scam culture do you feel like people are watching it? Yeah, I heard a lot of people watching it and stuff. I, I was like just late. A lot of conversation going on on social media about rap shit, and it does. It is a little like because I do want people to watch it. I think it's a really good show. I would love for it to get a season two, um, and it might just off the just because it is Issa's project. Um, but I don't know if people are. I don't know how many people are watching it. I would love to see like what ratings and things look like uh, for this show. I mean, it's the first season, too, like a brand new idea, an original show. It, it may take a little bit of time to catch on. I mean, like Insecure wasn't like a huge hit its first season. Like it was, it was. towards the end. It was towards the end of the first season into the second that it really, really caught up. Mm-hmm. Like people who knew Awkward Black were obviously tuned into Insecure, but like it didn't really get a big audience until like the end of season one. So, I mean, give it some time. It's a slow burn. Let it, we want to pace ourselves. We don't want to burn out like some of these other shows. Oh, okay. Yeah. Child, That's anyway. Um, so, I think that though, that was it for me. Any last thoughts that you have on uh, Rap Shit? I mean, I'm intrigued to see where this, how this tour works out that they go on at the end of the season um and just more character development i think they've got a real they've set the foundation and now let's start to build a house yeah all right well we're gonna take a break um and when we come back marcus is going to cover uncoupled for us uncoupled (laughs) 
Hey, welcome back, everybody. It is time for my Spotlight TV show of the week, and we're going to talk about Uncoupled on Netflix. Uh, Let me pull up the IMDb because that's where I'm going to start all of this. So this is a show that was, that is starring Neil Patrick Harris and Tisha Campbell and then Tuck Watkins and Marsha Gay Harden, Brooks Ashmanskis, Ashmanskis, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, and Emerson Brooks. They kind of fill out the main cast. Um, Give me your initial thoughts on this trend. I know we both watched. And so I guess with the, the also the caveat that this is a gay show. Um, it is a gay storyline and stuff like which we need more of. And so it was very refreshing. And then, of course, Neil Patrick Harris is an iconic actor and very well established in the gay community and straight community when it comes to acting and stuff. And so I was very excited to see him in this role. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on the show? Um, I think going in, I knew that there would be so uh, Darren Starr is uh, at the helm of uh, is right at the show and kind of the creation mm-hmm. of it. Darren Starr, who you may be most familiar with, uh, works Sex in the City. I'm going to get into that. Definitely a nod to Sex in the City. And it's definitely, to me, um, probably as close as we can get to getting like a male, gay male version of Sex in the City. I think that, that this would probably be something as close or and, and just like that, if you if you really want to go there, that's kind of more so what it's closely related to. But I think it had a lot of those same notes and nods um, at times, very comedic, very whimsy, very slapstick. Um, lots of physical. There's some physical comedy in there. Um, so a lot of the things that you would see that, you know, kind of make you miss, you know, sex in the city overall, I would say. I was excited about the show all the way up until the end. The final yeah. episode like, like ruined it for me, I think. Yeah. I um <laughs> to kind of hit off what to kind of hit off of what you said, I agree. The the first from the first episode, after hearing the music, I was like, This is Sex in the City. I said, This is definitely t- taking a lot of elements from Sex in the City. And I, I don't mind that. I, I'm not mad at that. I don't um I think that overall, the story was, if I'm, if I'm giving a solidness to the story, I will put it at about a seven, maybe, maybe a six and a half, 6.5, because I think that there is still some work to do. Um, yeah, it, it was very, I, I, you hit it, you made a very good point about how the end of the season how 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 it ended um was very like huh what what so let's get into before we get to the end of the season the season finale let's get into some of the story arcs a little bit here first and let's start with neil patrick harris's character michael and tuck watkins character colin they are the couple at the center of this story who we see at the beginning um Tuck's character, Michael, is it Mike? Wait, was Michael or Colin? Colin and Michael. Colin is, you could tell something's up and he's having reservations about their relationship. How long did they say they had been together? Like 10 years, 14 years, yeah. something like that? Yeah. Um, they had lived together, have carved out this life for them. And then Colin, I guess, one day decides that this is not what he wants or whatever. And so 17 years. 
17 years. And so Michael throws him like a surprise. Or is it a 40th birthday party? 50th uh, birthday I party. So. One of those two. No, fi- and, uh, 50s. I would say, yeah, it was a 50th birthday party. Yeah. 50s. And Colin throws this 50th birth surprise, 50th birthday party for Michael, who clearly said that he didn't want one um, beforehand. And then Colin did it anyway. And then Michael broke up with him at the party, basically, so before they even walked into the party. You got him switched. Neil Patrick Harris is Michael. Tuck Watkins is Colin. Oh, shit. I do. Yes. So, well, yeah, I said that Colin broke up with Michael. You said that. Colin threw Michael a 50th birthday party. Oh, Michael threw Colin a 50th birthday party. Sorry. Yes. And then as they were walking in, Colin was like, I don't want to be together anymore. And so that kind of sets up the stage for this series and for this season and what the plot itself is going to be about. It's about at 50 um at 50 years old in the gay community is there life after 50 is there dating and romance after 50 especially in the gay community and so we start to unpack that a little bit and then we bring in our side characters aka our best friends who are come in the form of Tisha Campbell's Suzanne Emerson Brooks's Billy and Brooks's Brooks Ash Manskis's Stanley and this this is where i saw the the, the sex in the city parallels because it was very, very obvious that Billy Emerson Brooks's character was Samantha Brooks's character. Stanley was Charlotte. And then Tisha Campbell's character was Miranda. And then Neil Patrick Harris's character is Carrie because they all have situations and storylines that very closely parallel um, those of the girls in sex in the city. Um, I agree with you with the, the, my main qualm with, Michael and Colin's storyline was that Colin's explanation of why he didn't want to be in the relationship kind of came out of nowhere. There was no backstory or there was no foundation set to really express how he felt or why he felt the way that he felt. He just suddenly moved out and then wanted to be with somebody else. And then we get to that final episode and it's like, huh? what like none of this was earned really like did he even earn like we didn't get to see enough of Colin's journey throughout the season for him to end up where he ended at the final episode no I totally agree it it, it did definitely come out of nowhere and I think um, the show really tried hard to make sure that there were some things left open for a season two a second season Um, yeah what I found all of the characters about the side characters, I thought it was very weird what they did with the character of Billy. Um, Emerson Brooks' character is a black male, and it was very, it was, it almost seemed like they had written the majority of the season and said, you know what, we have not acknowledged that this man is black, let's go or that he exists, some black colloquialisms and pepper in some black behavior um, just to make sure that we that everyone gets and understands that this is a uh, this is a black man that is here. Um, What I was most uncomfortable with is the relationship with Suzanne and her son. Um, I thought that that was like very weird, very odd um, how close her and Kai were. and definitely made me like be like what what is what what is happening here? What is this? Um, I didn't mind that. I did not like it. I didn't. I didn't like it. I thought it was it 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 made me feel uneasy. Um, they're they're super close. She was like kicking it with his friend, and then there could have 
She wanted to flirt with the friend. Uh, now, mind you, Kai is of age. I think he's like in he's his twenties. An adult. Um, yeah, he is in his twenties, and the friend was in his twenties too. But it just, yeah, it just seemed to me, it just seemed a little odd. Um, her relationship with the son, and then also her relationship with the son's friend. Um, the going back to um, Colin and Michael, I think for me. There really wasn't. I don't think there was any development of Michael. He was the same character throughout the entire series. There was and no growth. We don't see Colin much. We see Colin in the first episode, and then we see maybe like pictures of him episodes. or clips of him peppered in throughout yeah. the the season, and we don't see him until the, the season finale. So I don't feel like we got enough of either's characters, as you said, like journey or development for them to come out on the side of the season different. Uh, I I also didn't know what to make of Marsha Gay Harden's character as well. It was just kind of like a, like, let's throw in this person. What I would have rather seen is Andre DeShield's character being brought in and used a lot more. Uh, the character of Jack, I personally that that probably was my favorite character of the entire series, because um, he has a very real talk. Like, let me teach you, young child, with Michael. She has like a very like come to Jesus moment with Michael, in which Jack imparts wisdom just to you know about what it's like to be a gay man and to kind of live love in in the city. Um, for me, I think uncoupled. It, it, it it's it's cute enough it's cute enough and um bouncy and and uh camp enough to kind of continue but there's really no big stories being told here there definitely needs to be a little bit of rework if they get a season two i agree i think andre the shield's character jack it needs to be a floater throughout this series and like you know pop in from time to time and like maybe we get an episode uh, every every season that's solely dedicated to just him and like his backstory and stuff like that. I would agree with that. I also agree with the fact that again, Colin was only in like four episodes. And again, we didn't get to see his point of view, how he was dealing with this, why he was dealing with all of this. And then I guess a little bit of a spoiler alert, like at the end of the season, he ends up changing his mind and it's like, how did we get here? <laughs> you know, you've literally spent six episodes talking about how much you don't like this person and you don't want to be with this person. And then you spend a couple of hours at a wedding with him and now all of a sudden you're ready to get back together. It's I made like, a mistake. Make this make sense, girl. Like, get like out. this, yeah. I would have said, I get out. Absolutely. I would have said, I, and yet you did get out. <laughs> Absolutely. But it, now but at go. the same time, I also agree with you about Neil Patrick Harris's character. There was real, there was very minimal growth throughout this season from yeah. where he started to where he ended. Yeah. Um, I also agree with you about Billy Brooks's character, um, Emerson Brooks's character about what are we doing with him? Like we need to, we need to ground him a little bit more. Like it's fine if you, if, we want this character to play loose and fast and be sleeping with everyone. But it was also very clear by his portrayal that this is not necessarily what he wanted. You know, he was doing this because it was maybe expected of him or he was getting results rather quickly. But from the portrayal, it kind of seemed like he wanted something a little bit more. And he had found that with that boy who checked him and then yeah. it just kind of dissolved. 
Yeah, I felt like that the writers chose to take the two friends, um, not Tisha Campbell's character, but basically but the other Billy one, and Stanley, yeah. and mm-hmm. to really kind of like let's just blow, like let's just fluff and blow them up in the very last episode. Mind you, these episodes are only thirty minutes, and so yeah. for you, uh, for you to take us through Stanley's diagnosis of cancer, and now we got to figure out exactly who's going to be like who's going to be going with him to the hospital and Billy, who is now professing his love for um, this, this child, this boy, we don't even know, child, but also struggling with like trying to get other people's, it just seemed like, okay, well, what is going on? And um, seemed to be a little all over the place. I don't know if they, like I said, I don't know if they were just trying to make sure that they had enough threads open for season two, but it, it came across as very much rushed and, just kind of slapped together all in all if they get a season two i can see where this was going but like i said we need to make some pivotal changes just like and just like that like we need to make some pivotal changes to really elevate this show and get it back on the tracks because right now after that season finale it definitely came off the tracks i agree it's a cute show i love the concept and i think it has potential and i'm glad to see tisha campbell back in another sitcom um, and Neil Patrick Harris, for that right. matter. But we need we need a little bit more. And so I think, I, yeah, I think this sits at like a six and a half, six for me now. Okay. I'm going to even take the seven back. This is like a six for me now. What are you giving it? Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, if I'm giving it a number. um, Yeah, I think a six is fair. Yeah, there's definitely room for improvement. So. Um, other than that, that's all I had. Like it was, like I said, it was a solid show or cute show, but there's definitely things that need to be reworked fundamentally. Okay. Well, with that, we will take a break. And when we come back, we will be back with our signature segment of the week, Fizz or Flat. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? We are back, and it is time for Fizz or Flat. Trent, tell us about it. So this is the part of the show where Marcus and I get to review the top pop culture moments of the week, give them a fizz if we're filling them, or a flat if we're not. Marcus, what do you have up for us first? So I wanted to do a brief mention of this, but we will be doing an individual segment on this but we never got to talk about Renaissance. Yes. We're going to break it down because song by song, we may even wait for the visuals to come out, but I wanted to give this a quick fizz because Renaissance has been on repeat since freaking July 29th. It's September. Yeah. So How is that possible? Houseway. I mean, when it's good, it's good. It's definitely hidden. She, you know, she took her time and it's, you know, it's being played. 24-7 around this house, so. <laughs> um, just so briefly, and we'll move on. All right, so I'm assuming you're giving this a fizz, right? Yeah, no, I love that. I do like, I love the album. I think it's a lot of great songs on the album. Um, everyone is talking about, like, how their songs have switched. My songs really haven't switched. My favorite songs have not switched. I mean, I do like all of them, but I'm sticking pretty. I'm sticking to my guns. 
my favorite song hasn't switched, but I will say that I have definitely given every song like the attention it deserves. <laughs> I've literally spent week after week listening to one, but my top I've two. My top two, Heated and Virgo's Groove are my top two. Okay. Nice. Who I do like top? Virgo's Groove. I really do like Virgo's Groove. It's got a nice uh vibe. I like the beat. Um You really love I- Church Girl though. I uh, I do like Church Girl too. I do like that one. Uh, my two favorite songs are uh, "Plastic Off the Sofa" and "America Has a Problem." Those are my two. Interesting. Favorites. I could definitely see "Plastic Off the Sofa" because you're an R and B girl. Uh, but "America Has a Problem," I wouldn't have lay yeah. pegged that one for you. I would have pegged Church Girl as your top two. Uh, I, no, Church Girl, Church Girl is cool too. But I do like. America has a problem is uh probably my favorite. Yeah. Is that the one that's like her dun 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 that has the little beat the yeah. Do you seen the TikTok video of the boy? That's my shit. Yeah. Um Okay, but yeah, I wanted to just give us a quick fizz. We will be doing it once the visuals and stuff come out. We will be doing our own individual segment on this, but it's a fizz for me. Definitely a fizz for me as well. Um, up next, this past week, the official White House portraits of both Barack and Michelle Obama were unveiled at the White House. Um, and both beautiful in their own right. President Obama's portrait was painted by uh, artist Robert McCurdy. And... Uh, Michelle Obama's portrait was painted by Sharon Sprung. Um, love to see that they're now going to be forever, you know, part of the White House uh, with these with these portraits. I think what, what is really cool. So this is definitely a fizz for me. Um, what I found to be the most interesting is that with this, there's this whole pomp and circumstance of the White House unveiling, and there's a ceremony that's kind of it's been. I think since probably since like the 60s or 70s uh, with Jimmy Carter, who uh, brought Gerald Ford back to do the um, unveiling of theirs. Um, so it's going. Yeah, this is like back since like back in like 78. There's always been this like pomp and circumstance. Um, <laughs> but I like how we just like skipped right over Donald Trump. <laughs> it was like We're going to go make sure that the Obamas have this. Um and uh, the White House, pre- the White House press secretary, um, when they asked her about it, she was like, basically, her answer was like, "That's above me." She was like, "You'll have to talk to the White House Historical Association on that," um, because they were asking, "Is Trump going to get? Is Trump or uh, President Trump and Melania are they going to get uh, portraits?" Which I highly doubt. I don't think that they will. Hey. Do you think they will? I mean, if they're keeping with tradition, they have to because I mean, he is in the history books. He was president, but is I don't there think bu- Biden's going to do it. I don't think Biden's in a rush. <laughs> See, I don't think there will be a ceremony. I think they'll just be quietly put up. Maybe I don't think there will be this whole big ceremony or anything. But I mean, he was president, so I don't know. I I wouldn't, but he was impeached. Keeping with tradition, <laughs> I mean, Bill was impeached and he got a photo. That is true. Bill and Hillary but up here. Problematic, so. but true. But the portrait, as far as Obama, Barack, and Michelle's portraits, beautiful. That love is. it. I love yeah. how Michelle is great. like, 
leaned back. I said, "Girl, you better you you better lean back on this couch." She said, "I love how you captured all the things I love about Michelle." That that was the, my little moment that I liked. Yeah, total fizz for me. Fizz for me as well. Uh, what else do we got? Oh, big news, major history making news. The first drag queen on Dancing with the Stars, darling. Let me tell you something. Honey, Shangela is a hustler. She yeah, is a she hustler. Is. She knows the rooms to be in. She knows who to talk to because she keeps the relevancy. Like she was like, Drag Race, who, baby? I've moved on to bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. Like Shangela has been on Big Brother. Shangela's now on Dancing with the Stars. Like she she knows what she's doing. And I'm, she's like, I'm we're here, here for her. We're, we're here. Right. We're here. And so I don't want to go through the entire cast because I really don't care. And I don't think that all of them are stars. But the two main standouts to me that I will be checking in on, I probably still won't be watching the show. But Shangela and Wayne Brady, I honestly think Wayne Brady is going to win. Could be. Shangela could also win. You know, sometimes they get these dancers in here and they do really, really well. Um, But it's really, I think, dependent upon the fans. Uh, It's also cool. I think... For me, I also I'll probably throw Jordan Sparks in there as well. I'm glad that she's a part of the cast, um, sure. and I will be watching her. I do, yeah. I've like loved Jordan Sparks ever since her days with American Idol. I think what's also really cool is Selma Blair, who's a part of the cast. I oh, think that yeah. that's like a different vibe, and yeah. I applaud that she's like doing this. For those who don't know, Selma Blair's had like a very long history um, with. Oh gosh, what is I'm. I forget where her diagnosis is. It's the same thing that Michael J. Fox has. I don't want to make sure. I don't want to. I don't want to misdiagnose. What does Michael J. Fox have? Um, But she uh, is doing this. And I think it's like I said, I think it's really cool um, that she's going to be included in this. Um, But she has. what was it? It's Multiple like sclerosis. Her... That's yes, what it is. Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. And she um, is going to be, she's, she, yeah, she's a part of this cast, which I think is also history making um, in itself. So. Agreed. 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 So, so I mean, I love to see Shangela. Shangela's one of my favorite drag queens. Um, same. Great to see Wayne Brady too, I guess. Um, but also kudos huh? to Jordan and Selma. What you talking about, Willis? You, I saw your little eye roll on Wayne Brady. What kind of beef you got with Wayne? I don't have any beef with Wayne Brady. I don't. I don't. Hmm. I'm not. I guess I'm not as closely like tied to Wayne Brady as I am maybe like Shangela and Jordan. So I will say this: last year when I was working remotely, I I used to during the middle of the day watch Let's Make a Deal, and he is really really good on the show. Like he's the host of Let's Make a Deal on CBS, and like that's what really got me to like him more because he's really really nice to the contestants. He's really really nice to a lot of the guest stars who show up Very and stuff nice. like that. I'm I, I'm a, I've been a fan, but like I was like Wayne, yes, I, I love this. And so I'm excited to see what he could do. I think, like I said, Wayne can dance. Don't get it twisted. Wayne's probably going to surprise a lot of people. I think Wayne can definitely dance. We've seen him in musicals. We've seen him do kinky boots. He definitely has it. Um, Shangela is a dancer as well. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that they'll do. I think both of them will do very well. I don't know about Jordan's uh, ability. Yeah, I don't know. Um, And would love to be, you know, I think regardless of how Selma does, it's just 
amazing that she's doing it and being up there. Yeah. So a fizz for Wayne and Shangela. Wooden for everybody black. Yeah. Okay, what else you got? Um, I wanted to really quickly give a quick shout out to uh Francis Tiafo, who is um twenty four Tiafo. Tiafo, thank you. Um uh he is twenty four from uh, Maryland and he is a kind of taking the tennis world by storm recently became the first African-American man to reach the U.S. Open semifinal um, since, I believe, the uh, year is 1972. Since Arthur um, Ashe. Since, uh, not since Arthur Ashe have we had an African-American man in the semifinal. So I really uh, want to send a big congratulations, shout out to him. Uh, I don't think that he won uh, the match um, against Carlos Alcaraz, who is also in there. Carlos is also killing it um, and doing some really cool things. So I got, I mean, definitely tip my hat to him, but Francis definitely wanted to shot him out. And it's a huge fizz. I think as we think about tennis, um, it's not a, we don't have a lot of black men um, who are doing it professionally at a, at a very heightened level. And so it's great to see someone get some shine. So, first off, that's not true. <laughs> and I see how you try to take my gig here with professional tennis. Um, oh, did you put this on the sheet? No, I didn't. But oh, clearly, I didn't see you it know. I, I would have definitely not. But you feel like there's a lot of black men that are doing it at a heightened level? Well, clearly, I'm the tennis girl. So, okay. I would know this. Yes, you've got men like. Um, you've, so, first off, you've got Francis Tiafo, You've got Gael Monfils. You had James Blake, who was retired, but he played at a really high level. He's also commentating right now. You did also they reach have the U.S. Open semifinal? Uh, James did not, but he reached semifinal. The U.S. Open, so, first off, the U.S. Open is one of four slams um, that they have throughout the year. And James has reached the semifinals of a few slams. He's never won a slam, I don't think. Um Gael Monfils is also a top tier uh, black male tennis player, but he's from France. And then there's this new kid who's from Canada. His name is um, Felix Augustus Alessime, I think is how you pronounce his name. Oh, yeah, girl, you got it down. This young black kid um, who's also really like they're they are there. And then lest we that many. Um, But there's not a lot. I don't, yeah, I don't think there. that there's that many, and I don't want to. I want to make sure that we don't like downplay Francis and this accomplishment. I think it's, oh, no. I think it's amazing that we do have someone that's been able to do this, and like the fact that we haven't had someone at in the U.S. Open semifinals since 1972. I think it's, I think it is a big deal. So, just a, a quick little history lesson with the U.S. Open and black men. So that weight used to be on a young gentleman's ma- na- a young gentleman's shoulders named Donald Young, who was a black tennis player who was doing really, really well. And then he got into some complications off of the court physically, and then I think with some other things, and he was never ever really able to get back to that high level. For Francis, Francis has been in this game for a while now. He is not new to this. He is true to this. I have followed Francis's career since he was a hitting partner with Serena Williams because that's how he started out as. And then he 
Gwent Pro himself on the men's tour. And he has slowly worked his way up and he is playing at an extremely high level right now. I just think he kind of imploded because I watched this match against Carlos Alcaraz. I think he imploded a little bit because he beat Nadal and Nadal is the number two player in the world and also has 22 Grand Slams titles, Grand Slam titles excuse me so that was also a huge deal for francis because that's the biggest win he's ever had in his career i absolutely agree with you that francis i i was yelling at my tv screen listening to francis and stuff like that so or watching him play and so i definitely think he has what it takes to win a slam he just has to kind of keep his mental together because i think he kind of imploded in that semifinal match and that's okay. I think you know he. I mean, he's still young. He's twenty four. I think he'll. I think he'll have um, another opportunity to get up there. But I think it's. I think it's a huge accomplishment, and want to give him a big shout out. So it's definitely a fizz for me. It's a fizz for me. But let's also be clear: twenty four in tennis years is not young. Okay, but I mean, I think he'll. I think he will have an opportunity to play again. And oh, of well. course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, like he's got the momentum behind him now. And so I want to see where he takes this. Um, if, I don't know if he'll make it into the end of the year championships this year because of his ranking. But I would love to kind of see how he translates this through the rest of the year, what tournaments he plays. And then also at the beginning of the year at the Australian Open in January. So do you feel like it's a big France. deal that he made it to this to this level, to this place? Absolutely. I mean, this is his first semifinal ever, and he's an American at the U.S. Open, so that's a big deal. And then on top of that, he's an African-American. Well, I don't know if he's African-American, but he is a black tennis player. I think that's, yeah, they are labeling him as African-American. Okay. But so, yeah, this is a huge deal, and I absolutely give this a fizz, too. Okay, cool. And and second, thirdly, don't try to come for my tennis gig now. If you I'm have not trying to come for your tennis news, gig, but you were like, that's not to, true, and I just want to make me. sure. I'm like, this is a big deal. I feel like it is a big deal, and if I don't feel like we upon, have a lot of black. I don't feel like we have a lot of black men who are doing it at that level. There's not a wealth of black men in the not, at the end. That, you're right. True. I just wanted to make sure I we just, highlight the other black men who are. I just wanted to make sure we highlighted the other black men who are also doing the damn thing. But when they get to the U.S. Open semifinal, I will. So, it, okay, so they didn't make it to the, well, first off, Gael didn't even play because he's injured. Um, and Felix has made it to the semifinals of other slams. But you didn't okay, give him I'm no talking props. About, I'm talking about over here, baby. I'm talking about U.S. Open. <laughs> I'm talking about over so, here. I say all of that to say the next time you stumble across some tennis news, you consult me first before you no, show baby, up No, baby, I podcast. don't have to consult you. You are, not the, okay. you are not the authority on tennis. I am, and I am. You're not. And I am. So, uh, anyways, is, is it my go or is, was that, that was your go, baby? Uh, the other one I wanted to talk about was just D23 happened this past weekend um, or is happening this weekend. And a lot of huge, huge shows have been announced like um, Can you Inside Out. What D23 2. is for those who might not know. It's a Disney Expo where they just highlight all of the new Disney shows, TV shows, movies, projects, and things like that that they have coming up. They have it every year. Um, and this is also the time where they make huge announcements about new projects that they're working on or reveal new brand new trailers for things. Um, I won't go through everything, but I just wanted to hit a few little highlights. The Mandalorian season three trailer is out. We got the news that a new Inside Out from Pixar Inside Out 2 is in development. But the biggest news, the biggest news that everybody has been waiting on, The Little Mermaid, Halle Bailey. I... I don't know if I can put into words how excited I am for Hallie. 
I just believe that Hallie's career is going to skyrocket after this movie comes out. We already know she can sing. And from the teaser trailer we got, she sounds amazing. Um, we didn't get to see her that much. So I think that they're still maybe working some things out with on the post side before we get like a full trailer and actually see her and the rest of the cast. Because we know Melissa McCarthy is playing Ursula. And then um, we have, I think, is Harry Styles still attached to this or did he get? I I'm think not he got sure. Next. I'm, I'm not, not sure. quite sure. But I'm excited to see a full trailer. But I will ride or die for Halle Bailey. I've always been a fan of her, her and her sister, Chloe. And I just think that her career is going to skyrocket off of this. And it's a huge fist for me. Did you see the trailer? Uh, I did see the trailer. I liked the trailer. I thought it was, um, I think they are going to, you know, it's not coming out, I think, until like May or May something 2023. like that. May 2023. Yeah, so we, I mean, we have lots and lots of time. And I think that they're just taking their time to kind of ration out this, you know, in a way that will, you know, that's going to create the most buzz around it. So we have we have quite a runway um, until we actually see, until the film's actually released. But I, I did really enjoy the trailer. I like that. Um, I did like, there's also word uh, from D23 that there is going to be a prequel for The Lion King um, entitled yes. Mufasa. So uh, directed by Barry Jenkins, which I'm also excited for. I think that that will be really, really cool a project that I'm going to definitely uh, be looking out for and learning more about. But um, yeah, no, it seems like that they are, they are well on their way to kind of creating a lot of cool programming. Haunted Mansion is also going to be a big focus for them um, in the future. It looks like they also brought out Jamie Lee Curtis, um, yep. who's uh, going to um, have a role, I believe in the Haunted, in the Haunted Mansion um, project. So it seems like that they have some a lot. They have a lot of cool stuff going on. But I, I would say I would agree that I believe the Little Mermaid is what got people the most excited and definitely took the cake. This is going to be a. I think it's going to be an event. Absolutely, absolutely. This was this was the pillar of D twenty three. But I mean, you also forget. Don't forget, Marvel also uh, debuted their Secret Invasion trailer with Samuel L. Jackson. That's a huge project in the MCU. And so there's a lot of really cool projects black adam i think had something at d23 or something as well with dwayne johnson the rock so i'm excited to just kind of see some of these projects and i just something about a black mermaid just sits so well with me seeing a black girl like in this iconic role that used to be this white woman and like i just it i don't know it, it sends me it takes me to another place i'm excited it's a fist yeah i'm excited too i'll give a uh Huge fizz for D23 and all of the projects coming out. That's all I have. Um, I did want to do a, a quick shout out to all of the winners for the Creative Emmys, um, the yeah. Creative Arts Emmys. Um, so that, that ceremony was held um, a couple of weeks ago now, but lots of great shows that we watched were actually honored um, in the Creative Arts Emmys, which I... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see one of those being outstanding makeup for a variety nonfiction or reality show. Legendary uh, was a winner. And, you know, we all watched that show uh, on HBO Max, as well as We're Here, mm -hmm. which is also on HBO Max. Both of those won. Um, Chadwick Boseman also won a Creative Arts Emmy uh, for outstanding character voiceover performance for his work as uh, Lord T'Challa. Um, 
So it was in the animated series, though, right? It was a, the yeah, so, yeah, it was yeah. the uh, character voiceover, yeah, for a what if. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the Savage Fenty show won outstanding choreography uh, for a variety variety or reality programming. So that was like super cool. And Paris Goebel is I'm now Paris an Emmy winner. That? That's like huge. Good for her. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so like a lot of great people uh, were able to take away some Emmy Awards, and I love it. I, I love seeing, um, oh, shoot, Lizzo's Watch Out for the Big Girls also uh, yep. took Emmys home. I, one for sure was Outstanding direct uh, Directing for a reality program, and the Black Lady Sketch Show also won for Outstanding direct, uh, Directing as well. Didn't RuPaul also win his seventh? Emmy, like I believe his, like so, but I mean, RuPaul has, yeah, RuPaul's got now. all kind of Emmys. So, I mean, yes, still exciting. Go RuPaul, yes, but girl, like, <laughs> move out the way. Give somebody else a chance. Ah. I think at one point, Oprah, like, stepped aside in her Emmys. She was just like, you know what, I'm going to, like, give these other girls a chance. Um, no, Ru, Ru, stay Ru's on Ru's not going to do that. Ru wants no, to be the stay only on one, I know. <laughs> They but, they no, um, but no, uh, super uh, shout out to all of those winners, um, those that we listened, those in, and that we didn't get to share. It's a fist for me. Fist for me, too. That's it. All right. So as we finish this episode, what are your final thoughts? What are you taking away? My final thoughts are actually, let me see. Let me. What did we talk about today? What did we talk about today? Uh. You know what? <laughs> my, I think my final thoughts are going to go with She by Sheree. And okay. actually, this could apply to Don't Worry, Darling, too. Um, I just... Hmm. Planning. Planning is what I will say. Let's, let's start with planning. Let's planning. start with okay. uh, the vision that you have for yourself. And for your movie and or business and or company, it could all be so simple. You know, if you've had 14 years to develop this brand and get it exactly where you want it to be, there should have been a full rollout with a, you know, a backup server for potential website crashing because you do have a huge platform like Housewives of Atlanta is. And I just feel like that this was just so poorly handled on her part. You know, I don't think that this is good business. Now, will she probably scramble and get all of this together? Sure. But, I mean, first impressions are everything. And I say the same thing about Harry Styles and Don't Worry Darling. This is his movie debut. First impressions are everything. And now you have all of these rumors swirling around you about inappropriate relationships and behavior on set and all of that. And so my takeaway from this is, again, first impressions are everything. You know, how you how you choose to introduce yourself to the world while you can change. um, It sticks. It sticks like it'll it will forever be with you no matter what you choose to have your story turn out to be same with leah michelle first impressions are everything you know and so i think that that is a huge huge thing that we should all think about and so i think that's what i'm taking away from this episode yeah and i'll just piggyback off that and while first impressions are super important it's also super important to finish just as strong as you began 
Hello. Um, and so that I mean, that will be my message to the writing team over at Uncoupled um, <laughs> as well as um, Neo and Crystal, who are kind of going through this situation, Ooh. how how this is going to kind of play out now um, and maybe do whether or not whether it was due to the public piece of this is that now that there is going to be an actual um battle in terms of custody and spousal support i don't know exactly how far this will go i will say it seems as though manietta who is also neo's first um ex-wife uh seems like she's in a very good place and so i can only hope to say that you know her and the way that her Neo um, connect and, and, and interact will be the same way that Crystal and Neo will interact. Um, but just as how you, you know, start something, it's just important. Um, it's how you finish it. And that would be my final thought. Agreed. Agreed. All, All right, right. Let's get out of here. So where can they find us, Marcus? They could find us on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube at Cold Pop Show. Um, we have a TikTok, but we don't, we ain't been using it like that. <laughs> we yeah, ain't really been using it. We do have stuff it. on there. You can go and see it. Follow us. Yes. Um, yes. And you can follow me at Marcus Drew Steele with an E on the end on all the socials. Yep. And you can find me at Trenton Rashad on Instagram and Twitter. Have we gotten any, like, are we still on Facebook? Yeah, we do have a Facebook page, Cold Pop Podcast. Yep. It's Cold Pop Podcast. Um, we will be doing some more stuff for YouTube now. Clearly, you see the video. You see it. So we might be uploading some videos from the podcast on our YouTube channel. So definitely take a moment to check those out as well. All right. Until next time, pop stars. See ya. Bye.